0: G'day, everyone, and welcome to episode 23 of the Death Stranding Podcast. It is Tuesday, April 10th, 2018, and we have some exciting news. As of this episode, the Death Stranding Podcast will feature two regular hosts. First is Mitchell, our youngling in Colorado, and of course, yours truly, in case you forgot the name, it's Eddie. Today, we're also joined by the main man, Philip, out in Germany. How you doing, man? Hey. (laughs) Hi, nice. Uh, Yeah, thanks for
1: having me back. Uh, The... um the new host is uh, actually it's pretty nice because now we only have to deal with two time zones so I can maybe make it more often onto the podcast stood up or got up at uh, 5 a.m. today so <laughs> nice. <laughs> excuse my little grogginess maybe but I think I will wake up over the course of the show
0: <laughs> for sure for sure and, and Mitchell where are you at man I want to hear your voice me yeah what about me
2: hey Mitchell <laughs> hey what's up guys Gotta uh, gotta be back here every week. Such a fun thing to record, talk to you guys about Death Stranding, and
0: uh, yeah. Are you excited to be one of the regular hosts with me on this, man? Come on. I- I'm stoked. Yeah. I'm <laughs> stoked. It's just that it's
2: a daunting task now. Like, before, <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, man, I'll just you know, just as I was getting comfortable, you know? Ah, uh, I, gotcha, I gotcha. I was getting comfortable and be like, ah, oh, man, I'm like finally fitting in here. It's like, you're the
0: host now. I'm like, Oh, man. Well, you're not going to be okay. happy with me. You're not going to be happy with me next week because I'm going on vacation next week. <laughs> so, I am, too. Oh, <laughs> we're going to have to figure that I'm out. I'm leaving on Saturday. Oh, uh, why? We might have to record a second podcast this week. Ah, well, we'll talk about that. So, okay, let's continue with this. At this point, we all know the intro. We've heard it before plenty of times on what this podcast is about. So, for But for good measure... Let's say that our mission is to showcase and celebrate how culturally and philosophically enriching Mr. Kojima's work is, leading up to and following Death Stranding's eventual release. So, now that we have that very short regular rundown out of the way, let's get this started. Nice. I like your um, new abridged version. Let's catch up, guys. So, what's been going on this week?
1: Uh, Yeah, let's uh, let's start with that. Uh, I think the uh, most interesting thing, maybe that happened was that um i played way out with a friend of mine or at least we started uh, i don't know did we talk about way out uh, last just very time, very minimally very minimally yeah, do tell yeah. maybe not even on record but yeah it's this uh, new um this new uh, co-op only um game by this this crazy guy i don't know you you may have seen him at the game awards oh, where he, uh, the, 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 the the fuck, fuck the oscars, oscars <laughs> guy exactly yeah Pretty legendary, um, yeah. And so far, so good. It's it's pretty interesting. It didn't really have the standout moment yet that really made it um, like require the, um, the the co-op. But we'll see. I'm I'm still we will continue it this week, I guess. And
0: uh, yeah, let's let's check it Is out. it true that you get to play um, checkers? Or, no, not checkers, uh, like, Connect 4? Uh, We played horseshoe,
1: uh, horseshoe throwing, and uh, there was baseball, there's a ton of it. Uh, Weird. Like, tiny, tiny mini games. Yeah, I heard that
0: there was Connect 4, and that, that's just crazy to me, like, how ridiculous, but also kind of awesome that you could play Connect 4. Mm.
1: Yeah, it has surprisingly high production value. Hmm. Like he, he made the 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 game he made before that was uh, I think Brothers the the indie game oh, yeah no way. Like yeah Tell Two Sons, and so mm-hmm. uh, yeah that was pretty simplistic in its art style at least so and this one is really triple A, huh. or it looks triple A with um, yeah high detailed models and all that, and yeah and you have to just um, pay him respect for the the co-op idea you can like pay uh, pay once and just give a copy to your friends. So. No. There's really no reason to yeah. not do it. And yeah, yeah it's Couch Co op, so I'm already uh, always down for that. So, yeah, yeah other than that, um, yeah, I played a bit of this and that, went to work, had a lot of work. <laughs> and that was my week. Gotcha, man. What about you,
0: Mitchell?
2: Uh, I had a lot of fun. I got my identification card, you know, Ooh. Uh, for uh, a certain beginning. event that's coming up. You're identifiable. Uh, in June. Yeah, I can no, prove an that assistant. I'm age of seventeen and not under the age of seventeen, mm. and seeking to see to see games that are rated M for mature. Woo! Finally, <laughs> you can play you're over the hump. Right? <laughs> <I> <laughs> yeah, I've been for for over a year. Uh, no, um, but I'm going. I uh, not going. But this week I. Uh, had D and D again, and we uh, painted our figures. You know, oh. so that was a big thing. Uh, got a new group, and we're, we're not a new group, but we, they're going through the rite of passage because I've played a few times, and they're uh, they're. I don't know if you guys play D and D. Yeah, but, I used to playing. You know, there's that kind of. Like, oh, you know, I like always the,
1: I always wanted to, but we never got a group together. <laughs> you know, I I think I made like three characters over my life. <laughs> like, and it, al- it always stopped there. Like it was always one whole day uh, creating a character and then everybody lost interest and then nothing ever came of it. So yeah, I'd be yeah. up for it.
2: But <laughs> right now well, I'm taking my, my group through the rite of passage each time, you know, you something a little bit different for each one. Cause we've been playing for since January. Now. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And basically, uh, about um, about a month ago, I took a special. Yeah, I'm the DM. Cool. I took my players to this place called Gamers Haven that sells. It's a board game shop, and they do D and D and stuff. And I took mm. them to the rite of passage, which is getting your own dice, because I've been providing the mm. dice for every week. <laughs> and they finally they all got to pick their own dice. And they all bought them. And it was all, all fun. Do you have to and carve
1: them yourself from a piece of obsidian?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Tri- Chisel them out. No, that yeah. wouldn't work us, cause, cause they're not. uh cause the way it is, it's not. Temper. It's just weird. It just. It would not roll correctly. But, I digress. But, you know. And then this week we got a bunch of figures and then painted them all. And so it was a lot of fun, you know, doing those little details and stuff. Cause I'm. I didn't have any figures, cause I DM. Mm-hmm. So I didn't mm-hmm. get any characters. So I just ended up helping everyone paint theirs. We, we didn't even finish. We play. Like, we painted from 2 until wow. 8 o'clock, yeah. so 2, two p.m. to so, 8 p.m. So.
1: so everybody has his own character as a figure or what?
2: Yeah. Or yeah. did you make um,
1: enemies or what?
2: Uh, yeah, we had some uh, enemies and different figures and just mm-hmm. NPCs that we painted. Uh, two of our people um, weren't able to come, and so they didn't have any figures. to, And so we ended up just painting some of theirs and stuff. And so, uh, yeah, but as our, as this part of the campaign's coming to an end, you know, we're, I'm doing seasons of this single world that I worked on for about two months. Um, I mean, to put like in seasons, so we're not like, you know, doing a power creep where just like, Oh, a new bad guy just right after they defeated a new Mm -hmm. one, you know? Uh So I'm going to do some different campaigns. One of them's like a Lovecraftian uh, like a mix between *Death Stranding*, *The Order 1886*, um, you know, oh, like *Victorian*, cool. *Lovecraftian* times, you know, with creatures and stuff, and like, oh. like, yeah, like that. And so I'm working on that one, one. And then cyber.
1: Uh, sorry, <laughs> you were the one who also uh, wrote the book, right?
2: Like the you had the outline or? Yeah, that's my that's my uh, that's my book that I'm writing. Mm. It's a cyber. you have to like give an excerpt of that.
0: Yeah, man, that'd be cool.
2: I'm not a good writer. I'm not really a good writer. I'm really good at world. I think I'm good at world building, but I'm not really good at writing
0: because Mm -hmm. I'm just...
2: uh, I'm very slow and very sloppy because, like, my thing with writing is it's, like, when I see, when I'm writing something, I hate reading when it's just a bunch of bullshit in it, you know? Like, I love the Lord of the Rings books, but at the same time, I kind of hate them because I don't need two pages to describe the setting giving me in three or four seconds, I got an imagination, I can understand it. So that's how mm-hmm. I'm kind of writing it, you know? Yeah, I don't yeah, want Hawking any really moments.
1: really in, infamous for that. Like, yeah. pages-long descriptions of yeah, that's nature. Yeah, like how,
0: that's how, like, Hemingway is, mm-hmm. too. Hemingway's, like, his uh-huh. first two chapters in every book yeah. are just describing the time and the place. I actually mm-hmm. kind of enjoy that sometimes. Yeah, that's my biggest problem
1: with him. Yeah? Yeah. Hmm. yeah. I think, I just uh, bounced off (laughs) a lot of his books because I just couldn't get past that. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, but now I'm writing, and then I'm doing campaigns and cyberpunk ones and Victorian Lovecraftian ones, so I'm doing that, um, writing and things like that, preparing for a trip this weekend, going out to Arizona for a week to spend with my uh, grandmother for her... 74th birthday? that's oh,
0: pretty sweet. One of those. Oh, it's going to be hot, too. Yeah. So that's, about, gonna be that's about hot my too week. It's over there, man.
2: It is. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I'll buy a bunch of new shorts because <laughs> it's all cold up here. And
0: I only have pants. For, for sure. Yeah, so that's about my week. Oh, yeah, man, mine's pretty been pretty similar to Philips. You know, the funny thing is I used to play a lot of D&D when I was in college. Every semester, we had a new campaign. It's just a group of uh, a group of us would play oh cool
1: and see i i'm really i'm really bummed that you i know, never really got to play it I'm, i I wanted to ever since i i read um, mm-hmm. masters of doom like the book about the two yeah man
0: um, and that's the thing it's really uh, hard to get a group it, like
1: the the creators of doom and they they got all of their ideas basically from their D&D yeah and that's campaign. the thing
0: it, it not only is it really hard to get a group mm-hmm. of people together but to make sure that they're all consistently there. You know, it, it's, it's, cause a lot of people, they, they like the idea of making the commitment, but when they realize how much of a commitment it is, they bail, you know? But, uh, yeah. Yeah. You almost right? like a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, was that a shot oh, at me? <laughs> oh, man. I felt it. Hey, hey. I felt it. <laughs> no, nah, but, uh, Yeah, I had a lot of work. Uh, I've still been playing Xenoblade Chronicles 2, just kind of intermittently. I've been pretty busy. I haven't had a lot of time to just sit down and play. Like, I still haven't even gotten through the second ending of Nier Automata. So, um, yeah, that's why I'm going going on vacation this next week. No, I finished the first ending, but... Yeah, that's not know, really... It's, just,
1: it's, uh, it's not
0: really... It's nothing. Yeah, it's really, it's nothing. Like, I realized exactly. that I was doing too many side quests, and I was like, wow, the story is pretty short when you cut out all the side quests. Yeah. So I should have just been doing that. But, uh, you know, I'm sure I can breeze through it. It's just mm. hard for me to, like, go back to similar missions, you know? It's just like, mm. all right, like, I've seen this before, and since I'm stepping away from it for a while, I'm going to go back in and kind of, you know, I think it'll reinvigorate that feeling of wanting to play it. Cause yeah, that's that's be a after good pa- idea. Yeah, after passing it, the, you know, um, 2B's story and immediately starting to play 9S's story, yeah, I was is, already getting kind of tired. I was yeah, there is tired. kind
1: of a lull there. Because yeah. um, it, it starts pretty yeah. strong and then it gets a bit repetitive, yeah. but that will pass. I, you just have to uh, force yourself through that kind of,
0: low yeah, middle and,
1: part a bit
0: and then yeah and really i will and, and this when i go on vacation i was hoping that i like do a lot of gaming but i'm actually going to be heading out to um st louis missouri for a okay. week um they have a this is so cool man they have a, they have an adult uh playground like <laughs> like a jungle gym and, yeah. and like they have one for kids too but like the next floor up they have staircases and monkey bars and all this crazy stuff i'm gonna go check that out and probably drink beer while I'm there. So, Sweet.
1: okay. So, real life obligations. No time
0: for games. Uh, you can, I want to yeah. be outside, yeah. just yeah. for a while. But
2: make sure you bring. Your yeah, spi- I'll take my sippy, sippy cup
0: <laughs> and my poofy jackets because I, I heard it's snowing over there.
2: Fill it with beer. You know, fill it with uh, <laughs> fill your sippy cup with beer. <laughs> I think go on the jungle gym. I hope hopefully they'll let the me do that. I, it'd be, it be cuz in some off. of
0: the pictures I was looking at, it looks pretty dangerous. And don't get me wrong, I like drinking, but if it's dangerous, eh, we'll see. We'll see. I'll I'll, I'll I'll let you guys know how it all goes.
1: Uh. Good thing you only but, need your voice for the podcast.
0: If we come back next <laughs> Hopefully I don't lose it. No, but but let's move on into the news. I mean, the other thing is, it's going to be kind of, you know, I, I'm a little mm-hmm. sad that I'm going on vacation, because right when I get back, like, the day after I get back is the day after God of War finally releases. Hmm. So are you guys going to pick that up?
1: Mm-hmm. Um. Maybe, probably. Um, I'm kind of, um, like, all my uh, attention for upcoming games is basically, like... Uh, completely death straining and Kojima stuff <laughs> and gotcha. uh, the the new God of War is so different from the old ones it's not real it looks don't get me wrong it looks fantastic and it's uh, it's like mega impressive um but it's not really what I'm looking for in a new God of War game I, I uh, think <laughs> maybe interesting. I do so um yeah because it's so radically different and um his uh, Kratos story—it uh, seemed pretty uh, much finished in the last yeah. one. Like he killed the whole world. Oh, spoilers! <laughs> uh, <laughs> they, it, it, but but it, it's, it's a cool, different. It's, cool. uh, it's yeah. It's an interesting premise, at least for sure. And uh, I will definitely take a good hard look at it. But well, it I mean, didn't really catch me off the it, gate. Like, so
0: why isn't it hyping you up then? Because like I remember when I first saw uh, tra- you know the images, I was like, eh, you know. But then when that trailer came out, I was a hundred percent in. Yeah, yeah.
1: I don't know. It's mm, it's oftentimes um, just like the the basic themes, I guess. Like uh, Kratos as a father figure, and uh, in Norse mythology, it's. I'm just not that big of a fantasy guy. I think like. I'm more of a sci-fi fan, so um, maybe if they made like God of War in the future, I would be all in. <laughs> I'm looking forward to Spider-Man, though. <laughs> oh man, when Wait, Sp- I forgot
0: everything existed on when that Spider-Man yeah, right. footage came out, I've been obsessing yeah. over it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Sony was pretty weird this year with their—they didn't announce any release dates for their games, so you you basically just forgot that they were coming. Mm-hmm. And- they they only now uh, pretty close to release, just uh, nailed down a, a date, and so it, it seems like everything is suddenly here. It's pretty cool, I think. And so, yeah. What about yeah, you, Mitchell, are
0: you going to pick up God yeah. of War?
2: Maybe. Uh, I might pick it up like a month or two after. I mean, it seems interesting, I wasn't a big fan of the first two games, but not like I hated them. It's just like it's not like really my biggest interest. They were fun. I hmm. I played one on the PSP. Oh, well, I liked them pretty it. much. They're 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 fun, but but uh, mm. it's just like not been a huge fan of theirs. But this new one looks interesting, and I uh, might wait uh, a while to to pick it up. You know, mm. even because I'm busy and I'm getting new. Uh, I still have games backlogged. No, I still haven't oh, finished Bloodboard. Man. Yeah, and that all. one's and you know that one's working, gonna beat you down for a while working on stuff like yeah that. you can't keep busy with that i know uh, i'm still stuck at the same boss as i was like three weeks ago i just keep losing to him because i don't have anyone to play with because like i try to do like randoms and then they just like yeah you know you know how it goes with random people yeah you can't like sure. talk to him or communicate so
0: i don't know man it, it's interesting that you guys felt feel that way about god of war i, I was um I guess I've always been a fanboy. I, I've been it, those games have been around for throughout my most of my gaming life, just like Metal Gear. Mm. Um, yeah, I didn't. Uh, I was also a huge fan of Greek myth growing up. So you know, like I know, like I remember when the Disney Hercules movie came out. Like yeah. I was obsessed with that as a kid, and then when I got older, was like, well, what really happened with Hercules? And Hercules is fucking crazy. <laughs> like he killed his <laughs> wife and kids in a like uh, ptst rage like he he's a he's a nutcase all of those guys maybe maybe
1: that's what's missing in the new one like it's it's north mythology now but then again i really loved uh, hellblade so maybe i just need to watch another trailer and then i'm i'm hype as well
0: maybe The, the way it is now though since it's coming out in a week um they've been relying heavily on like three things the uh the camera work Mm. The new yeah, weapon and Atreus, the kid. They haven't really told us anything else because I'm assuming that they want to hold everything else close to the chest. Because with the old God yeah. of War games, you you know what you were buying like you're getting a hack and slash, mm-hmm. like crazy, bloody, ridiculous, awesome game. And this one is, you know, yeah. not that it's more artistic, it's like but process. you know, in a way, it it kind of is. It's just like, well, we're gonna take a step back. We're still going to have a little bit of that brutal stuff, but we have more into it now. And yeah, that, I, guess that's, that's... I guess that's weird, because I'm used to Kratos just being, you know, I don't give a flying fuck, you're all going to die. And yeah. that's going to change. Another creator,
1: actually, he was on the Game Informer show recently, and he, he talked about that. Like, he was um, he was in his 20s when he made uh, the first God of Wars, and... Uh, as uh, as such they are pretty much uh, immature uh, and mm-hmm. and m- much more simple like uh, this is uh, the guy and he's is, he is really really mad and he's screaming a lot and now they are all older and more mature and they have kids and so you can see the themes pretty much um, <clears throat> coming over uh, in the new god of war pretty clearly like Kratos is older and it has a kid now and it has responsibility and is more nuanced and all that so uh,
0: in that sense, it's really, really interesting. Yeah, and I think that's true of, a, of anyone. Like especially me now. I'm 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 27. I just turned 27 this year. Mm. And, yay! No, and with that, there's a there's a level of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like mortality that comes with getting past <laughs> your getting past 25. Right. You start real. You start getting more sympathetic to things. So, For example, yeah. uh, a couple of movies or even songs that like. I used to listen to as a kid and high school, even in college, they, you know, I wouldn't bat an eye. I was like, whatever. I like the song because it sounds cool. And then, uh, for example, there's this one song called dance with the devil by this rapper immortal technique. I've Mm -hmm. listened to this song. It's a pretty like crazy song. Uh, I've listened to it my entire life and I used to listen to it a lot. Because I, it's it's essentially a story, a really crazy, really messed up story. And now as an adult, I have a hard time listening to it because it's it, it causes me pain in a different way that it didn't when I was younger. Okay. So you become more sensitive to things like that. Like, I'll still listen to it. It's not like mm-hmm. I've completely, you know, like, oh, I'm too sensitive What's now. What is it about? It's about this kid who grew up in, uh, um, I think it was, maybe it was in New York. But, he, he like, you know, low-income housing, he... His mom was a crack fiend, and then she tr- tries to get clean, mm, and good. he get, he turns to gangs and he starts selling drugs, and it's just literally following his entire life up until the point mm. where he wants oh, to yeah, join yeah. this crazy gang that sells cocaine, and they in, his initiation is the He's... ending of the song, and if you listen to it, like it'll it'll blow your mind a little bit.
1: Yeah, I really like those uh, narrative driven rap yeah, songs. Yeah, it's like honestly, it's it's one of the story. best
0: songs ever written, in my opinion. Cool. Uh, yeah, I'll definitely give out. that one a listen if you get a chance. But that's the thing like uh as you get older, things like that start to affect you in different ways that they did when you were younger. You know, mm. and same thing with we were talking before uh before this um we started recording uh, 1984 by George Orwell. I read that book in high school the first time and you know, I thought like, "Oh, this is pretty good. It's, you know, it's like it, it's crazy. Big Brother." And I read it again in college and I felt different about it it's like wow this is kind of scary because it's essentially history repeating itself and a lot of it is real and then now as an adult I'm like I'm gonna reread it again Uh, a little redundant there I'm gonna reread it and it's probably gonna blow my mind all over again in a way
1: yeah it's also like uh, the the time Mm -hmm. in uh, when when you read it like oh um, yeah it was like like now when uh, uh after the the internet exploded uh, the the whole book uh, reads reads uh, a different way than it did yeah. when we were kids way
0: different like yeah, yeah. 1984 man got to read it mitchell got to read it
1: yeah man mitchell you really have to it may seem yeah, like a um, bit well, it's been on my radar, radar for a while to you, but that's because every uh, other Film and book and everything stole from there. It was, like, pretty Mm -hmm. formative, I think.
2: It's not like like I never wanted to read it. It's just like, I just... It's like, you know, know those, like, series, like, you buy a DVD, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna watch this, but you're kind of never in the mood to watch it, even though you know it's good. Yeah. That's kind Uh, of my aim of 1984. Like, I've been wanting to read it. That movie dick. (laughs) Yeah, that's
1: why they made made us read it in, in school. Yeah. yeah, that's why I never I had got
2: to read, read it. In school. Yeah, sur- I had
0: to get through it. I'm surprised they didn't make you read it in school, Mitchell. No, they made me read uh, Fahrenheit 452, or whatever it's called. Oh, 451. Uh, yeah, that one's still pretty good. I, I it, it's, didn't like it. it. It's, similar. it's similar, but honestly, 451 is more. It, it, it It's. I don't want to say fantasy, but it's more. It, it's not as realistic. It's not like a hard sci fi. It's not like a hard sci fi. You know. Yeah. Well, the thing is, because with Fahrenheit four fifty one, when when it came out, it made more sense, right? Because you're dealing with books, and that was the only way of keeping and storing information. But nineteen eighty four is like a step forward into the future, and it's it be, it's more real for us because of where we are now. Mm-hmm. Right. So that that might be a, a that might be why you didn't enjoy Fahrenheit four fifty one so much. Because uh, no, I enjoyed it a I lot.
2: It's not the book part or like the themes. It's just more the writing. It just the writing felt very sloppy, and very rushed.
0: Oh, I felt like it's like
2: more of like the second rough draft, and not the final. You know, I felt like mm. this would be like something like, you know like I'm gonna write a novel in a month kind of deal, and then I edited it once and then just like put it put it on the internet. You know, like a pretty good yeah. like short story you find online. Not a, a book. It's like I felt the same. I didn't feel the same way, but like To Kill a Mockingbird, you know. Uh, it's not yeah. like I hated the book I liked the book up until the ending which didn't make any sense you know it's like I know the message is like oh he saved them you know and mm-hmm. to to put him into court would to kill a mockingbird you know mockingbird does nothing wrong but then it's just like well, you, you led up to this thing saying like basically we have to you know you're building up Finch as like believing in the true law you know Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's a lawyer and he believes in the law and he believes in proving people innocent or guilty or whatever, uh, his, mo- his motive is, you know, and he wants to make sure, you know, that girl is lying and then goes straight into like, now nah, we're not going to do this. We're not going to report it. You know, it's just mm-hmm. like, uh, yeah, I understand that. But like, at the same time, it kind of flip flops with the theme of, uh, of someone being unjustfully imprisoned. And mm-hmm. then just be like, "Yeah, we're just not going to report it to the police." You know, it's just like, "Wait, what?" That's like that's not what I was expecting at all.
0: Well, Maybe. that's the thing, man. There, are indications of the time, and that's, and that'll definitely affect the way you see certain things. And it might even change when you get older too. Because um, when I read for the first time *To Kill a Mockingbird*, I didn't enjoy it at all uh, for multiple reasons. Not only the style, but just also the the story kept taking me, taking me aback. And I was like, "Well, you know how like this is kind of ridiculous." And then when I reread mm. it I actually did enjoy it a lot. Same thing with books like Moby Dick. I I read it in high school and I liked it, but not enough to be like eh. you know, I wasn't I wasn't yeah. stoked on it and I reread it last year and I and I was blown away. It's easily one of my favorite books yeah. now.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, a lot of these
1: uh, classic books they uh, they kind of washed over me as uh, like when I was um, made to read them in school mm-hmm. and uh, only later when i realized like why we were made to read them uh, they they kind of grew on me because they were actually like the first the first books that that came up with uh, s- uh, certain themes like um uh, i don't have uh, a specific exa- example right on top of my head but um like some some pieces of media like came up with uh, specific themes, and those get then repeated over and over. And uh, even though the, because you you often like, you um, you get introduced to a specific theme by a derivative work, and so to read the original seems a bit mm. underwhelming to you then, after that. yeah, I think, you know what I I mean? think one <laughs> of the,
0: like, you know, on the theme of Death Stranding, I think one of the strands that connects a lot of these books together, a lot of these classics, is that you're dealing with uh, questionable solutions, right? You're you're dealing with these ideas Mm -hmm. that you're doing either what's right, what's easy, or what the law says is right. So, for example, you're dealing with somebody who was falsely imprisoned. Like, Well, they were imprisoned under the law. The law has, it's broken, right? Like, that's a, that's that's very much a theme within itself. Like, the law is broken, and we need to do something about that. But at the same time, people will uphold mm. the law tooth and nail. And then on top of that, doing the right thing should, is killing someone okay? Sometimes people argue that it's never okay. And then with books like 1984, it's just like, well, you know, under the regime that exists in that book, the main character is doing his job, and he's doing the right thing based on those standards, but then he does something that's mm-hmm. completely against the regime because he wanted to do it not because it was right or wrong because it's what he wanted and it's that level of dignity that comes with um choice right and that's one of the that's another yeah, theme yeah. choice and being taken away from you and slavery right. and it's very close akin to like indentured servitude but in different ways because slavery has a lot of different definitions when you start looking into the gray areas so uh, and that's what's mm-hmm. really fun about all of these classics that you, you start noticing that you know when you revisit them so just don't feel discouraged
2: mm. well no it's uh, just like there's also uh, I think
1: there's a movie <laughs> you could watch just the movie for there's mid-day. a movie for... really? no. yeah I think so like uh, it was an 80s oh, movie shit. I, I distinctly recall it I'll have to watch that
2: what are you doing But I'm recording the podcast
1: let's see get <laughs> Not that I'm talking out of my hands
0: here. It probably is. But, wait, so let's talk about Spider-Man for a little bit, guys. Jesus Christ. Did that surprise... Yep. Came out in 1984. How funny. Sorry. That's really funny. Funny joke. How how surprised were you guys for Um. Spider-Man? Surprised? Not much, but... um...
1: Looking forward, like, it's uh, it will be cool to see if it's actually, like, a, a good comic uh, game. Like, most of these, um, we all know, like, the, the licensed games always were, like, kind of yeah. subpar. Uh, I kind of
2: disagree.
1: Good. Spider-Man games are actually held in high regard, but um, not all of them. And now it's uh, it seems like they are really trying their hardest. Mm-hmm. Like Marvel yeah. themselves, like trying to get good developers to make good games and taking their time and not just like um, throw something out uh, to tie in with a movie. Um, it's it's by Insomniac, yeah. right? Yeah, but
2: it's 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 yeah. not Marvel. Marvel's not doing anything with this. This is Sony.
1: Yeah, well, they are they are giving out the yeah. their licenses. and
2: they're consulting. And, uh, in the past, they have been oh. like whatever, just, uh, at a
0: decent cheap.
2: <laughs> what games have they recently been licensed out for, like, superhero games? I don't really
0: remember much. Uh, there, the cur- Square Enix is currently and, like, working on Avengers. One. So Square Enix is doing that. Mm.
1: Yeah. yeah, there's a ton. There's really a ton. Like, it's mostly mobile games these days, but mm. there were, like, X-Men games and Deadpool games oh, yeah. and all that. Like, there's so much that you don't even really notice it because it just flies under yeah. the radar. I think there was, like... I don't know. You know, even some MMO. Yeah, what's surprising or about
0: something. that? Like I played the Captain America First Avenger game on the PS3. That was actually a really fun oh. game.
1: <laughs> yeah, they had they had something going there for a little bit like the the Wolverine game. Oh yeah, game that one was, it, pretty it was pretty good.
0: Oh, too, yeah. Yeah. But it
1: was a lot of fun. It was uh Yeah, like like a solid sevens out of ten, but that was like the best they yeah. could do. Well, and yeah. I think, yeah, as I said, the the Spider-Man games, especially mm-hmm. Spider-Man Two or something, they were like really good. Um, but yeah, they they are like fifteen years old now. That's crazy. So, yeah, this new one looks looks phenomenal. Um, the the thing that that like uh, hypes me up the most is that they. Uh, they really put some work into the motion system. Like they try to uh, make it so that you mm-hmm. never stop. Like you d- you don't like swing and then you you splat against the building and just lose all momentum, mm. which isn't fun. Uh, so they they have like animations for for everything. Like when you. Mm when you're about to hit a ladder or a fire escape, uh, he's Spidey, he weaves through the bars and all that, and the game is calculating that uh, all the time in the background, so it looks fluid and it feels good. Mm-hmm. Uh, sounds sounds pretty awesome. Like, I, could, I couldn't I could care less about the story yeah. and all that, but um, having, having that in there, I think you are even playing, like, as Mary Jane for some mm-hmm. portion of the game and everything, mm-hmm. so... It, I'm sure it will be pretty epic, but all the story and cutscenes and stuff, it will be just icing on the cake. I just want a, a New York swinging simulator, and that's that's
2: all it that's all I need. Yeah. So if they go along the route, uh, one thing. Oh, yeah. So I'm just saying, if they go along the route, of the Arkham games, you know, and they just create it, you know, like what what would it be like to play as Batman? Because before them, we didn't get a single good Batman game. Mm. I mean, there's, like, fun ones on the NES, like, they're, like, scrollers, and the, you, like, punch people like, weird. <laughs> yeah. The Batman, the Arkham games are really good, because it's just, like, you know, uh, as everyone said, I mean, you feel like Batman, you know, I know that's a common thing that yeah. everyone said, but you really did you know, hiding, you know, sneaking out, getting people, going under vents and stuff. I like, I really got the feeling of what Batman was, especially Arkham City, uh, Arkham uh, Asylum. The other games kind of right, drifted yeah. off, and they weren't at the same... But at least Arkham Asylum was amazing with its sense of going around a tight space and knocking out all these people. And, mm. uh, and it was like a, kind of like a Metroidvania kind of feel to it, you know, expanding the world. Mm-hmm. And with this one, yeah, if totally. it's as fun, the Spider-Man game, if it's as fun as... I like, just swing around. That's the biggest thing for me. Yeah. I could care less yeah, about the yeah, combat. I think they... I care less about the story. If I can spend... 20 minutes playing a game just swinging around New York just like being up random people you know random villains just like stop cars and just like run around doing nothing you know for 20 minutes I mean that's fun if it's fun to move around you know then they got it right like Spider-Man 2 I think it was the licensed Spider-Man 2 the game was half the time I didn't even play the game on like our Xbox or whatever we played it on we just swing around the entire city just like that's what we would do just swing around the city and just do that forever, you know. Yeah. And we didn't really care about anything else. It's just fun, just be Spider Man and just like fight random people or whatever. Yeah, it was
0: the ultimate. It was the ultimate playground. <laughs> and Spider Man Two was one of my all time favorite games on that PS Two. And here's the thing: I played that game so much, I got to like ninety nine point seven percent of completion on that game. <laughs> wow! I was I was two <laughs> challenges away from completing the game one hundred percent. And I had heard, a. Ru- I remember somebody started a rumor that if you get 100%, you get to play as Doc Ock or something like that, and, oh, and really? I was, that was my goal. Like That was the ultimate goal for me, and I never achieved that goal. I never got that 100%, and I even heard other rumors that if the people that did get 100%, their the game crashed, like their game save was corrupted. And I was like, what the hell? And I was just <laughs> like, confused. Like, should I do this? Should I not do this? And I had so much fun just swinging around. I spent yeah. countless hours swinging off of helicopters mm-hmm. and trying to do a slingshot from a helicopter in a building. Like, it was, it was, because you could do that. Um, mm-hmm. But one of the things that I'm... Uh, did you ever research did, it?
1: Like, what what when I did. When you reach nobody has, um, there's no
0: footage of anyone ever reaching 100%. What?
2: Was like, is it a buck huh? or what?
0: No one's, I, it doesn't sound right. No one's ever seen any footage of it. Ever. I don't think so. I went, I, I maybe like it was, maybe it was like two or three years ago where I looked it up online and I couldn't find a single YouTube video. I couldn't find a single game fact article or anything. Uh, are we starting our own creepy pasta okay. about this game? You know, <laughs> Yeah. is this I the new plebeus? You know? I'll get Spider-Man. back to you on this one, man. I'm, I'm definitely going to look it up. But one of my biggest issues, one of my, yeah. issues, one of my biggest worries with the new Spider-Man game is one of the things I didn't like about spider-man 2 and it's if you're swinging over a building and you go too high You can't shoot a web line like You can't shoot a web line to a pole mm. or to um, You know something below you it always has to be above you or next to you and I
1: th- Yeah, yeah, no, they, they're, they're, they're addressing this and up. I'm really I, uh, excited
0: about that because that's not only gonna stop you from Well, it's gonna keep you from stopping <laughs> But it's just the idea to have that (laughs) much control. It's gonna be freaking sweet Mm -hmm. Plus costumes. Hell, yeah, yeah, I just didn't
2: I wish they like the they like classic spider I want I want like if they have I don't know if they revealed all the skins But like I really want a classic like comic book spider-man, you know
0: Very like very simple and then I really want like thingies under his armpits
2: Yeah, like that stuff, Mm. but I also kind of want I will have all the suits like, one that's a, like, like, cosplay one where it's, like, a really, like, cheaply made, you <laughs> oh, yeah. know, like, made on, like, Amazon. Like, doesn't really fit Bloody him all the Spider-Man. way, you know? Like, just kind of tearing around uh, along the seams. And he's just like, I'm Spider-Man. <laughs> he's, like, flying across the shooting <laughs> webs everywhere in this, like, fake costume. And it's, like, all torn up. and yeah, like, You know, sure there's one... Dude, I really there's one
0: costume so I really want, and I don't know if you guys have seen this, but there's this... Um, back when Vine was still a thing, there's this guy who says... It's Wednesday, my dudes, in front of a mirror, and he's wearing oh, yeah. those, like, Dude. little goggles yeah. and the Spidey suit. Mm-hmm. I really want them to do that. Like, if they just have Spider-Man with the little goggles and, like, half of his suit, I really hope they do that. They probably won't, but it would be really cool if somebody mods it, maybe. Do it
2: Easter egg? Yeah, Jimmy is here. <laughs> oh, man, it's so funny. He He's going to the mirror and goes, It is Wednesday, my dudes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I remember... Uh, one question is: uh, Is Spider-Man PlayStation Four exclusive? It's a PlayStation Four exclusive. Yep. Uh, the, yep. it PlayStation time 4 exclusive.
2: exclusive.
0: Nope. Okay, completely for all, all time. time. For all time.
2: Okay. Well, Sony owns the rights to Spider-Man, so I don't know why they, they would put it on Xbox. Yeah.
0: Plus, they they wouldn't make more money on Xbox anyway. Mm. You know, they mm. just wouldn't.
1: Ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I think Spider-Man can yeah, sell a definitely. few games. Um. Yeah, but yeah, it's about attachment rates. Uh, yeah, so we we are getting into the uh, into the time where uh, I still have like the, uh, the the baseline PlayStation, and I'm kind of getting a bit worried that uh, games like God of War and Spider Man that they will like, um, yeah, like stutter and not look as fine as the uh, PlayStation um, Pro variant.
2: PlayStation Pro doesn't have what a do boosted CPU. Yeah, it it doesn't. It's only a, just. A, it's an overclock chipset with uh, a boosted gpu basically yeah. because they can't change the cpu because it's a different architect system you know and it's a different chipset so basically they just overclock the chipset you know put more heat sinks on it and more fans and that's yeah, why it's so and, loud. and, and, and the uh, gpus can be switched yeah. out easier and basically if it's on the pro it won't be any better than it would be on the original it's just better uh you know uh
0: yeah, no, you, you just you probably. get a slightly yeah, better less, resolution less and, and slightly better frame rates depending on the situation. Because like I, I got, I ended up buying mm. a PS4 Pro, um, and I have a 4K TV, and it is relatively okay. noticeable when I transitioned. I was playing like Rise of the Tomb Raider, and it is it is very much noticeable, oh. dependent mm. on the modes that the games allow. So because Rise of the Tomb Raider, when I first played it, was just on the regular base PS4, and I didn't have that option to choose performance mode or the high resolution mode at first. Switching to the Pro, like, you really do notice that. And I, I, I prefer frame rate over resolution any day. Um, and the PS4 yep, Pro so yeah, absolutely making- does that. It is just enough, yeah, uh, it has just enough power to make you, to help you feel that better sense of fluidity. So, albeit it's not so much, but it's mm-hmm. it, I think it's worth yeah. it okay. if you're, like, either coming into it new or if you would, you have an old system you want to get rid of.
1: Yeah, uh, just because I play on PC normally, and so I'm really like, uh, I'm really adamant about having like the the smoothest frame rate and the highest resolutions, and I can do that on PC. But uh, the yeah. the PlayStation seems to be getting a bit long in the tooth, and I'm I really would kick myself if I couldn't like enjoy Death Stranding in the highest fidelity possible, so. I don't know, maybe
0: I will need to upgrade sooner or later. But that's the thing, like, I don't know if Death Stranding is going to come to, well, it's going to be a PlayStation exclusive, I don't think it'll be on PC. Are you alluding
1: to PlayStation 5? now? No.
0: Uh, well, here's the thing, like, that actually, that's a perfect segue into this, games like Spider-Man and God of War and even Death Stranding, a lot of these developers, they're pushing the limits of the PS4 Pro. Uh, and we exactly. got that from spider-man and when this mm-hmm. happens, it's a pretty good indication of when the next console cycle mm-hmm. is going to start Because uh, when isn't that crazy yeah. that
1: we're already mm-hmm. at the tail end of the console. cycle? Yeah. I mean, I I feel like it just mm-hmm. they were, were here like three three years or something tops, Man, It's but been six. It's
0: already been five. Yeah, it's almost it's almost six mm-hmm. going on six and that's what's crazy because um, that's what happened with GTA 5 on the ps3 um, right. And like Metal Gear Solid mm-hmm. Five and Last of Us, Last yeah, of that, that those were the titles that defined it.
2: Metal Gear Solid Five was a little bit different. Metal Gear Solid Five was a little bit different because it launched. Yeah, Bowl but it was them. it was built well, with the intention to, to be on the, the PS3 and on
0: the PS4, so it wasn't really pushing the boundaries mm-hmm. of the PS4; it's just more of the PS3. Mm. Um, but because it pushed those boundaries, mm. it's like okay, well, let's move on from the PS3 and finally navigate to the PS4 because we got that power and hardware now. Mm. So I'm pretty sure. Actually, yeah.
1: when I it's like when I think about it, I would uh, it would kind of please me if uh, if if death uh, death stranding. Oh damn, it's so hard to say in German. Um, if it was like a, a cross-gen title, like it would be uh, on both PlayStation 4 and 5. Because I've I've kind of have a, a soft spot for like uh, end of the generation games that really push the hardware to their absolute limit. Yeah, me too. And even yeah. if it wouldn't, uh, if it, yeah. even if it uh, obviously would look worse than the PS5 w- version, I would enjoy playing it on my uh, old trusty PS4 and just uh, yeah, just marvel at what
0: they managed to squeeze out of well, it. Well, I guess we could just end it um. on, on that one. That just you know, we're excited for Spider-Man. Yay! We can perfect segue <laughs> into our next topic, which is George Miller.
1: Right. Yeah. George so
0: Miller. Uh, I've seen a Bojima's handful. influence. And yeah, there's a lot of influence that I've seen, but I, I want to see what you guys have to say.
2: Wait, wait. I got. Go, yeah. I got a perfect segue. So yeah, Spider Man's good, you know, and uh, especially the there are some good ports from you know the PS2, and now uh, this new game's great. Adaptation of it just like uh, the newest PSN uh, plus title Mad Max. Oh, it's
0: a great. Yes. Uh, I, I dude. I platinum that game so fast I freaking I freaking love Mad Max
1: yet. Yeah, it seems pretty yeah. the, the game must be pretty pretty sweet,
2: right? Yeah, it, it's freaking sweet Yeah, I played a little bit but but it's it's a really good it feels just like Mad Max, you know Feels just like uh, yeah. the movies.
0: The aesthetic, and, the combat you know, is like super, which heavy is kind of a and, you know, it's brutal. Mm-hmm. It's great.
2: Mm-hmm. It's like kind of the Arkham arcade combat, but as we talk about Mad Max, let's talk about the director of the Mad Max series, oh, George, George Miller. George Miller. The of the week. <laughs>
0: so, how many of his uh, movies have you guys seen? Yeah,
1: uh, I've seen three, I guess. <laughs> so not not all that many, but. Uh, I'd like to think that uh, I saw the important ones, namely uh, Mad Max 2, on um, Mitchell's recommendation. I, um, I, I I watched it last night, nice. <laughs> and uh, of course I watched uh, Fury Road. I uh, I would say most uh, most of our younger audiences may that may have been the the introduction to George Miller, mm. and uh, as a kid I watched uh, the the Babe movie. <laughs> It's uh, Been here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, strange to think, but uh, yeah, Judge Miller, actually, he uh, directed the, the, the Little Pig movie, and um, so and, he and has, has a wide range of uh, yeah of work. Yeah, Mitchell,
0: what'd you say? Happy Feet? Yeah.
2: Happy Feet 1 and yeah. 2. That's so crazy Don't to me. The sequel. Yeah. Waiting, waiting like, for the third one. Waiting for that <laughs> Mad, Mad, Max Mad Max and crossover. Happy Feet?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it would be... Uh, happy max yeah instead of mad max that's a bit of a reach mm. there lame sorry guys you can you can boot me off you can boot me mad, off now. mad feet i don't
2: know okay uh welcome back to the podcast i'm your new co uh, i'm your new host mitchell filling for eddie who uh has to leave the podcast unfortunately <laughs> due to pad bad uh yeah, no, but bad speech, a shitty joke. Just kidding. Let,
1: let's talk a bit about uh, about Josh Miller. Well, so he's uh, Kojima uh, named him like, a, or he he named him as a as a big influence, I yeah. guess. And so he's now it's um, it's like when when Fury Road came out, he uh, he couldn't like stop himself. Like every tw- other tweet was like about Fury yeah. Road and all that. And uh, I think. Um, so, so George Miller, he, he made the Mad Max series, it was a low budget, um, a post-apocalyptic movie or at least the second one, the first one, it's, uh, it's actually, it's so low budget that he didn't yeah. even, he couldn't even afford the wasteland so he just uh, set it in the near future where there are biker gangs and lots of violence and cool mm-hmm. car stunts and but the have you seen it? Uh, the first one I have seen in yeah. parts, so I I wouldn't really say that I have seen it. So I I I got the gist of it.
2: Let's say, yeah. and basically just right before you know, if you match Mad Max: Fury Road, which I I assume a lot of you have, it's like right before the tipping point, like on right before the verge of apocalypse. Yeah. Basically, when when Mad goes down. Max is a police officer. Yeah. Max is a, a police officer and then a backer gang, uh, I don't know, this is the plot of the thing so I'm not going to try to spoil it but something happens and it's, the gang hurts someone he knows and so he goes on a plot of revenge, yeah. you know, of killing all these gang members right before the apocalypse is about to start. Yeah, yeah the, the plot is actually,
1: uh, all the Mad Max films seem to have a pretty simple plot and that's actually the beauty of them I find. That it's, uh, it's mm-hmm. really uh, like screenwriting uh, or at least story writing at its most simplest but most elegant too. And um, we always have like this uh, loner hero and he he pretty much always wants to just be left alone but gets roped into a situation and has to solve it. And um, yeah, I think these, uh, like the, the Mad Max series, it really got uh, George Miller... Uh, on the map and started and um, like Mm. the oh Gibson too this was his first big film but there's something to say and he's he's Australian like the 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 movies were made in Australia so I I, I really like the picture Mm. I have in my mind that he just uh, like took a camera and some junker cars and just uh, made (laughs) made this this low budget movie somewhere in the outback where they that's why it's actually why it's set in the wasteland because it's uh, like they have a lot of desert, mm-hmm. there, I guess. <laughs> so that, mm-hmm. that comes easy. Yeah, and, and, just to, and just to think so, about
0: the influences, though, that yep. Kojima takes. I mean, when I saw Mad Max in theaters, exactly. I was I was blown away. And it's, it's a stark yeah. difference from Mad Max to Road Warrior and the original Mad Max. When did you see it
1: in... Oh, you mean Fury Road in the yeah. theater? Yeah, right. and World. it's because... Yeah. Y- oh, right, okay.
2: Okay, I let you mean the first. one. No, like, they're I all so. Like, I mean, the first the two are
0: vastly different from Fury Road. Is really what I'm trying to say, and you think I so? think so. I'm mean, yet.
1: Like I think the Mad Max Two is like, uh, or Fury Road is pretty much a yeah, copy a of, of Mad Max Two. No, I,
0: it's not, I. I, yeah, it's, and I because you, you I think would about disagree. you know the revenge
1: plot. Okay, and Maybe I'm just uh, thinking about the tank. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, when you th- when you think about the yeah. revenge plot, and Fury Road is more of an escape plot. It's not so much a revenge plot until, you know, it's it's really hard to describe Fury Road, because the 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 revenge isn't well, sought. Are- you know, the revenge isn't like what what they're seeking actively in the f- whole film. And mm-hmm. in, in other films, I think, like even I think in Road Warrior was he's seeking that revenge, uh, and He's not
2: seeking revenge in Road Warrior. No, like I, I watched it yeah. yesterday, so I yeah the first one pretty is fresh Fury in my revenge. mind. <laughs> so here, I can give us synopsis. Cause I've just watched all of them like two weeks okay. ago. So you the... Um, uh, Mad Max one yes. is a plot of revenge, and basically Mad Max two is being caught in a in a basically similar to Fury Road in the sense of basically this group is being attacked by this other group and they want to get away, and so he just agrees to help them for gas, but then he kind of grows attached to them and, like, knowing them, mm-hmm. you know, wants to help them out. Because right. he thinks they're good. Um, similar to Fury Road. And then 3 is kind of weird. Um, I didn't really like it that much. It has Tina Turner. Basically, so that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: well, then, I mean, yeah. yeah,
2: then I was, then I was mixing so it up. So, basically, he one goes one, to this... Yeah. Yeah. And then three, it's basically he goes to this place to get his stuff back because a merchant stole it, who was the guy in the sec- uh, previous film. And then he has to kill this guy uh, who runs Barter Town off methane gas from pigs. And then he has to kill him, but then he finds out whatever. And it's just, and then he goes to the desert and then he just, like, finds all these kids who think he's a god. And it's like, it's just really, it wasn't right. as exciting as the second one. Hmm. It was okay, but it wasn't just, it wasn't like as good as. Fury Road yeah, or. it's it's pretty
1: uh-huh. um, pretty much a late '80s movie. I actually find it pretty similar to the Evil Dead series, like with the um, very low budget mm. first entry, uh, and then the the classic second entry with uh, Evil Dead Two, and then the third one kind of is a late '80s one, and it gets kind of goofy, and uh, the the age rating was lowered, so you can't show as much hardcore blood or stunts, and I. It, it pretty much mirrors the Mad Max series, I find. And now they even have like the reboot with the uh, TV series, which is pretty cool.
0: You know, one of the things I, I want to say and about these the, movies, though, it's it, like one of the bigger... Well, like one of the small things I notice, um, and, and this is true of just based on when these films were made. The old Mad Max films in the, you know, what, 79 and 81, in the 80s, they the facial expressions that the characters made were a lot more, like, gritty and obvious than Fury Road was, in a weird way. They, they You know, mm-hmm. George Miller focused a lot on the characters' eyes in Fury Road, not so much in the other ones, if I remember correctly.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Mel Gibson mm-hmm. was pretty yeah. stoic yeah. in Mad Max 2, <laughs> but uh, his, the supporting cast was pretty goofy. Yeah. That's true. So... Yeah, like the 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 copter guy oh, is like. Fury Road is also pretty goofy. Basically, all the time
0: yeah. comic relief. And, yeah, and I think that Kojima's oh, yeah, taken taking a lot of influence playing, yeah. from Fury Road, especially because it, there's a lot of imagery of people's close-ups on faces and eyes that he's been using in his trailers. Oh, so yeah. I think there's I think there's a lot to say there that he's definitely heavily influenced by George Miller's uh, Fury Road, just because of that. Mm.
1: Yeah, and he mm-hmm. is. Um, yeah, if we want to go to like influences, I I saw a pretty big visual influence uh, from Mad Max 2, like the um, there is this uh, this epic uh, panorama where where Mad Max is looking over uh, a hill into the um, like the the camp oh, where yeah. they have the the fuel and all that, and that's uh, like shot for shot. It's the same as uh, Camp Omega in um, in like Metal Gear yeah. Solid Five. Uh, and he is, mm-hmm. uh, he's like uh, inspired I think also by the cinematography of uh, like he's it kind of seems like he's using similar lenses if that makes sense like the the, the lens flares yeah. and all that is uh, is pretty uh, pretty much inspired I think by the the, the shots of, of Mad Max too especially and now what yeah, part uh, to-
2: I think his, his new directing style I think he has mm. to go with um, children of men which had a lot of like very very long long takes, you know. Mm-hmm. And so which are you know single cuts, mm-hmm. you know, where there's like 10 minute scenes or just oh, straight yeah, up. Good, perfectness. You know. and so I think that and I think his friendship with uh uh what's his name? JJ Abrams, he's a good friend with yeah. uh JJ Abrams, mm-hmm. you know. And so I think that might have been where he got the last <laughs> players from. Yeah. Cuz you know, it's they're nice they're touch. big they're big yeah. friends, you know. Kojima he J.J. Yeah, Abrams even put uh, *Death Stranding*, not *Death Stranding*, uh, *A Middle Solid* Easter eggs into uh, the movie really? *To uh, the Force Awakens*. What? Yeah. What? What? Do, do you know, see that big, the big thing, you know, oh, with the arm, the red arm. Yeah. All oh, right. Yeah. See, three P. O. Yeah, maybe. And then also there's there's an alien that says That's Kojima funny. in it. So. Well, what do you think?
0: What you? Th- what part of *Happy <laughs> Feet* do you think is going to influence *Death Stranding*? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Well. Well, you see, the mis the 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 main character is a little misunderstood. You know, he he has a dream, <laughs> yeah. and it can't be fulfilled, yeah. and and the rest of his uh, the world is uh, outcasts him into, you know, like get out of here. We don't like you. We don't like this dancing thing. You but do. but seriously, I and he goes off and he finds this new something. group. I am being serious. <laughs> okay, and <laughs> you know? then continue. And basically, <laughs> he goes and he goes and he finds these people. You know. Uh, they that, that accept him and he's like, you know, and he learns how to dance and mm-hmm. he learns how to become himself, you know And it's kind of like uh I don't think it might be a mirroring maybe what Sam is, you know, maybe Sam You know uh, he, he might be a, a bit of an outcast maybe because he has a special connection to the baby and Maybe he's kind of like a a synth uh, like a replicant in Blade Runner where he's just an outcast from society Okay, and within the porters <laughs> What <laughs> You don't like me making uh, like a synopsis between. I can't tell you if you're serious or anymore. <laughs> 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 I'm not.
1: Okay. No, but um, yeah, talking about the, uh, it's um, like like he uh, George Miller. He he made a few other films like between um, uh, between Mad Max and uh, and Babe. But let's let's concentrate on the ones we actually know. Um, he made he made Babe in mm-hmm. 1995 and then uh, basically yeah uh, like uh, Babe 2 <laughs> in 1998 and then uh, yeah Happy Feet and Happy Feet 2 and the the cool thing is or maybe um, the the interesting thing is that he actually he won academy awards for both of them and um, it it seems so strange that this uh, action metal guy with the like, like Mad Max is so hardcore and so, so gritty and brutal and cool that that this guy would do like these, yeah, basically
0: children's films and be damn good at it too. See, and that's the cool so, thing about um, it too, though, because it's it's he he's able to do that. And with Babe, I remember watching that as a kid, and I man, I remember loving that movie. And it's again kind of to you know nod back at sure. what Mitchell was saying. It's somebody who's understood, and then. You know, you get attached to that character and they, they try to do something that they're, you know, that they want and they're seeking out that goal. And it's, you know, the trope of every children's, you know, book, TV show, movie, whatever you want to call it. But what's crazy about this is because he won Academy Awards, is, where is he getting this, like, vastly different momentum, right? Because he's doing action movies. And then he makes something so small. Because mm. Babe is relatively small to Mad Max. Did he? Relatively. And to achieve something. Because he you has two in, different goals. Well, in, I mean, I mean it's just uh, his goal. His, his goal for Mad Max is huge drama action. but right. Babe is very, you know, more close to home. So, he, clearly he understands mm. something about how... Mm-hmm. Characterization works about building, not necessarily this, not only this world, but the the situation that these characters in uh, are in. Um, yeah, I
1: just uh, I just realized he actually uh, wrote uh, Babe too, like he was writer for for Babe and Happy Feet. He wrote Mad Max and wow. uh, directed it, but it's the same for for Babe and uh, Happy Feet too. So it it really is like. Uh, and he was even producer, so so it's like uh, it's like uh, Kojima-esque levels of c- control and creative uh, yeah. freedom in these projects, which is crazy to me. I I always was under the impression that he was like that, Mad Max was like his his baby and his like his passion project, and then he got roped into uh, Hollywood and had to use other people's IP and just do work for hire basically. But no, it's like. Um, that's just what he did yeah. at that point in time i maybe it 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 loops back into like the uh, god of war thing where he just kind of matured a bit and maybe he yeah he got he maybe. became a father or something i don't know and just wanted to make like a, like movies for his children or just and pretty much he may just be like a, a really uh, diverse guy and um yeah i think i so, think that's uh, yeah I guess my, my argument kind of uh, falls apart a bit because uh, my my big point I wanted to make was uh, that uh, maybe it kind of uh, Kojima is like um, influenced by him uh, because their their story uh, mirrors uh, uh, it itself a bit in that um, Josh Miller came back to Mad Max eventually in uh, 2015 with Fury Road, and it it kind of seemed to us nerds, at least, and us Mad Max fans, it seemed like the return of the king. Like uh, after all those uh, mm-hmm. tr- children's movies, he he finally came back, and oh man, he still got it, and it's an epic masterpiece. And Josh Miller's back, and uh, that's cool. But um, and that that kind of reminded me of of Kojima with uh, like going independent and after years of having to work with uh, this IP that he doesn't own like Metal Gear and he has to like create it and he, he has success with it but he does, his heart isn't really in it and now he finally can go back to what he really wants to do with uh, Death Stranding. But um, yeah, no. Miller was... Yeah. Uh,
0: I really hope that him. Kojima <laughs> so, starts at some point uh, like a, a Japanese anime. Like if he creates an anime I really want to see what that would look like.
2: Yeah, he wouldn't do that. But if he, yeah. he would, you know, like
1: we can dream. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Didn't he like direct the cutscenes in, uh, in 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 uh, Zone of the Enders 2? No,
2: he he directed those games. Uh, no, he was, no director. he was just producer, right? Yeah, he was director of two. Yeah, he's writer,
1: director, and then producer. Oh. Cool. Yeah. Because there are pretty extensive uh, cutscenes, mm-hmm. uh, anime cutscenes mm-hmm. in Zone of, of the Enders And Zone of the
0: Enders 2 is pretty good. Like, be, I thought it, it was an excellent idea. If, yeah. It was just really hard to pull off with the hardware back then.
2: I feel like a modern take on it would be amazing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Because just, it, it, just, it was super clunky and there was a lot to learn.
2: Mm-hmm. Especially um, with a 3D space of a...
0: You mean uh, Enders 1 or 2? Uh, Number 1 is really slow. There's not a lot much that happens. because okay. I, I, I played 1 and it's super clunky and you spend a lot of time kind of grinding. Um, and, it, and it gets boring because you're looking at the same yeah. areas pretty much the entire time. You move to like three different areas and then you're done. Mm-hmm. Um, but Zone of the Enders 2, you start right. off with this huge epic opening where you have like this big ass fucking mech. And it, it's freaking awesome. So cool. But you... You have this, this, like this, yeah, and it's uh, limited like. by the PS2 hardware, and you can, and you can feel that you can literally feel that when you're holding the remote. Mm-hmm. So,
1: hmm. I, I found yeah. it pretty impressive, actually, like graphically, aesthetically, and technically too. And they have the the um, yeah, HD and remasters. I I replayed
0: the the remasters, and you know I I still mm. enjoyed them, but I cared at that point I cared more about you know, shooting stuff, then I cared about the narrative.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Well, I think there's, with Kojima, and his, uh, it's just interesting to see, him, you know, go from something like, Zones of Enders, and, Boktai, and, those business games he directed, for some reason, mm-hmm. on, Metal Gear, he has, yeah, he directed like a, like a trilogy of business games, and like, how the stock market works, on the DS. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really weird. Really? On the DS, that has recent. Yeah, Why don't I know about that? And, uh, there was no, like, directed by Hideo Kojima. It was more of, like, I guess a side thing that he did. I don't know, that was funny. But he... Yeah. He... You know, he was a really busy guy, Actually, if you look at his timeline. You know? I can bring it up here, but basically, yeah. he spent a lot, of, a lot of time uh, directing games in between Metal Gears. He's, like, a very... Uh, Serious person, and he takes all his projects very well. And you know, the Metal Gear Solid was a bit goofy, you know.
0: Yeah, and he but wanted he, out of there for sure, though. Like that's a pretty good indication of like yeah. he wanted to get out of there.
2: Yeah, I, I, well, around Metal Gear Solid Two, he he didn't mm. want to build the games anymore. He thought the story was told.
0: Yeah, you know, and then the f- two would have been a perfect ending, honestly.
2: You know, and like setting up this world, you know. Of and I, I love four. I love four. It's one. Of my, it's my favorite Metal Gear game. Like the story wise, you know, yeah, not gameplay wise, but uh, it's a great mm. story end of the story. But you could t- tell, like, he still put a lot of passion in it, and then with five, he just didn't want to make a Metal Gear game anymore, I and mean, that was obvious. He didn't want to make it anymore, he wanted yeah. to do something like PT, or too. even a no like a Zone of Ender Kiss game, or a new IP entirely, simply because they just made him do you make it? You know, the story around Metal Gear Solid 4? Yeah. people were sending him death threats, telling him he needs to finish yes. the series. I'm like that's that should never be the workplace that you have to work in. Yeah, I mean, like you, p- your fans are insulting you and saying that you're gonna they're gonna shoot like shoot you or kill you
0: if you're not gonna make a, a a video game. It's like yeah, and like people are just so entitled. Like they need to like take a chill pill and relax a little bit because that's you're not entitled to his work at all. Mm-hmm. Not until you pay yeah. for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: But I think with five, exactly. he really dra- he so, really shifted um, his directing style, his cutscenes, his writing, you know, uh, you know everything in gameplay and mm-hmm. uh, how the world works and he changed it all up simply because I think he just didn't want to make a Metal Gear game anymore and he tried to form fit Metal Gear into a genre I didn't belong into and you know. And you can totally tell that with the game. Like, this game is a lot of fun, but it doesn't make any sense as Metal Gear. Like, it doesn't feel, it doesn't really look, and it doesn't really, uh, you know, story-wise, Like it doesn't really even feel like a Metal Gear game. Yeah. You know? Metal Gear, for me, is there's a big base, and you gotta infiltrate it, and then fight a bunch of crazy bosses. You know? And then you find out some crazy story that unravels about the base, and you've been tricked the whole time. And then five like, the only one that we got that was the prequel, uh, infi- uh, what's it called, uh, Ground Zeroes. You know, that was the only thing we got for it. Mm. You know?
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I- yeah, it's, uh, Metal Gear 5 is at its best when it's uh, in the uh, narrative missions, like the, yeah, yeah. the beginning and the end, basically, <laughs> where they are more directed and uh, actually are interrupted by cutscenes and all that that's what we want because we always want what we yeah. know The man we Ground Zeroes though us.
0: like that was albeit though it was a demo a glorified demo it was mm. it, it was amazing just on mm. on narrative alone because you know spoiler alert when you when you get um, when you get to Paz finally and getting her into the chopper like that scene was pretty freaking real you know and that is yeah. mm. I was actually pretty offended by it after
1: because as I said like uh, Peace Walker is my uh, absolute favorite Metal Gear and like the uh, both characters uh, that tie back to to Peace Walker get like killed off in the most gruesome way in the first half hour of Metal Gear Solid 5 then yeah. basically mm-hmm. I was like what the hell are you seriously? doing seriously yeah, and like that it- like if you if you don't need the characters in your story then just because they don't really serve any purpose they are just there to yeah like tie them a bit together the games but um, they could just uh, have attacked uh, mother base without any of the Paz and Chico stuff. But that's what's crazy, so, right? Like
0: they not only did um, they die, but that whole the way it all went down was crazy because it, it got that you mm. know that that reaction out of everybody. Um, and then to get our hands mm. on the Phantom yeah, Pain, it it's got just like ne- nothing <laughs> remotely close to that raw happened in the Phantom yeah. Pain, and it's just like, what yeah. could have been, right? It, it's just. It, Ground Zeroes should have be just been its own game, really. Like,
2: yeah, I 100% yeah. agree with you. You know,
1: that's true. So maybe, maybe Kojima uh, liked Fury Road uh, so much because he saw that, uh, like, if if uh, George Miller can can do it and uh, make his, uh, if he still got it, then maybe I well, still got it and can make like <laughs> something great again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. i don't know I'm, I'm kind of reaching here but no uh, i think you're I, uh, I, I just wonder if we want to go come back uh, to fury road or if we have anything more to say about fury road because um. i think we we kind of glossed over well, it
0: the thing about fury road is that the the story isn't so much about max it's about furiosa yeah. and you know the the other women the
1: women. Um, yeah. Max
0: is just, in a way, he he's a pl- he's a plot driver just as much as he is the driver for a really long time. Mm. And what's really interesting about that, uh, I think, is his character was still compelling, even though he didn't speak yeah. hardly at all, and he was just doing unlike, things.
1: Right, unlike Big Boss in Metal Gear Solid Five, who was mm. pretty similar to Mad Max, I find. Yeah in mm-hmm. character but uh, i had never really connected with him in the way i connected with max in fury yeah. Road. and
0: there was one scene there's only one tiny scene that they gave us in one of the trailers where big box big boss had a little tiny resemblance to mad max in that case when the um, mm-hmm. it, it, when they're at mother base and all the soldiers are fighting in the rain and he gets the knife and like to stab him in a you know because he pulled out a knife on one of his comrades and then he right, forces yeah. it onto himself. It's just like, well, like that was that could have been a very powerful scene if we had already connected to that big boss, but we didn't. So it was just like, mm-hmm. that's cool. We get it. He's pretty badass, but whatever. Like we forgot about it right mm-hmm. after he pulls out the knife. We forget about it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: So, and, and that's the thing. Like it, with, we might get something close to that with Sam and Death Stranding because it definitely feels that way. Yeah, uh, he like he's yeah, a he's yeah, a man yeah. of few words. But at the same time, you know, he he has already said a lot just with his facial expressions or maybe we'll get that from the villain or, or Mads Mikkelsen in this case. Because it definitely
1: mm. Yeah, Sam Sam is definitely a vo- more vulnerable, uh, vul- pff, help yeah, me out. vulnerable. <laughs> a vulnerable yeah. character uh, than 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 Big Boss uh if only because he doesn't have all the narrative baggage uh, behind mm-hmm. him of being like the super soldier of all time um so that uh, and and uh, kojima he intentionally showed him naked in the first trailer so uh, to make a statement of like this is kind of a weaker He's character and, uh, more vu- vulnerable yeah, yeah exactly. and and same thing yeah. with max kind of i could see him yeah. yeah yeah i could see him like taking cues from from fury road in that like uh, kind of a, a hurt character uh, but still cool yeah. and, well
0: that's uh, one of the smart. things that i was also looking at that we we keep toying around with this idea there's going to be a female protagonist is that is that going to be whoever it's going to be is it going to be a mirror of furiosa you know are we going to have hmm. that side-by-side conflicting protagonists with sam and whoever this woman is going to be
1: yeah, I and hope so. It, it would be really cool yeah, because seeing. Kojima is de- desperately needs uh, like a, a better female protagonist, yeah. or especially least, after uh, Quiet side or... character. Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah, like just uh, I'm I'm not even talking about like the sexualization, but just someone who actually has uh, some some plot relevance or something to do. Well, that's what I mean. Mm. Yeah, that's yeah, what I mean. Exactly. Like she
0: did not have a lot of plot relevance besides the fact that she was carrying that stupid parasite.
1: Yeah, Yeah. exactly. That
0: was her only thing. Yeah, and that she loved him, you know, or whatever, (laughs) but...
2: Yeah, I feel like if she wasn't in the game, the game wouldn't be any different if she wasn't there.
0: It wouldn't have been, because it's literally just three missions, Yeah, and it's... It was
2: great missions, but,
1: uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: But you know what? The the funny thing is, now that we're on this topic, um, somebody wrote this comic of, like, the end of MGS5, the beginning of Metal Gear. Okay. I don't know if you guys read this. It's, oh, it's, yeah, yeah. It, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, the one where she, yeah, where Big Boss is actually dying and he's like t- talking on the radio and he sees quiet. Like that was actually a pretty profound. Uh,
1: oh,
0: like that would have been yeah. a great ending. Oh,
2: mm-hmm. like where like the comic where like he like calls, real Big Boss calls what's his name as he's like dying on the floor. Yeah. Oh yeah, I remember that one.
0: Yeah. yeah like that's a that was a very that would have been the, like the most wonderful ending if we got the game we were supposed to be <laughs> getting if that makes sense but um yeah no the I,
1: uh, the quiet missions actually were the high point for me in Metal Gear solid 5 like uh the at least the ending it it's it kind of hit me emotionally so i i have to give him credit there it it wasn't yeah. perfect and like fury road shows how um how it can be done like you can uh, and it's tricky it's, it's really tricky to to really write compelling characters and i think uh with uh, with five kojima was still figuring it out because he he changed his directorial style pretty profoundly with these yeah. uh, amazingly long one shots and uh, i think um now that he he basically uh, had to convey like emotions and character interaction in in one long shot instead of just writing it and then a codec call happens where it's basically a radio drama. Um, mm-hmm. that's uh, yeah you can you could kind of see the rough edges there it it seems like um, he he had this new technique and he was still kind of trying it out and kind of lingering on uh, some things a bit too long like, Yeah, Uh, slow motion and all that, and doesn't it look cool? And so he, uh, I think Death uh, Death Stranding will be um, like the refined version of that. Yeah, I mean, I have to disagree with
0: you a little bit, just because he, I think he has it down. But you're right, he, he, I think he just didn't have enough time with the Fox Engine and enough time to develop Mm -hmm. the game for what it was supposed to be. Uh, and for these characters, especially a character like Quiet, because we only got to hear her talk a little bit, and when she did talk, like we we know all that mess. But yeah. when I think back to Metal Gear Solid Three and with Eva's character, you know, hmm. she, I was she was easily my second favorite character in that, and, and the boss yeah. too. He wrote two extremely compelling yeah, that's true. female that's, characters that's good, in Metal yeah, Gear the
2: Solid Three and in, in Four. You know how she evolved from like. Oh, oh, yeah. My butt. Meryl then, like, was to, like, badass. And then, like, change, hmm. changing this character who's like, can take care of herself and she doesn't rely on anyone. It's like, whenever, like, yeah. it's just like, you know, I just quietly went, like, put up my fist and went, shook my head, like, yeah, I'm into this. <laughs> this is awesome. Yeah. You
0: know? Like, he's capable yeah. of doing it. Yeah. It's just the matter well, of he I didn't have the time with MGS5. Yeah. Well, yeah I disagree with right. that, too. Now that
1: I'm thinking about it, uh, he, th- he had pretty cool female characters. That's absolutely yeah, true. Right.
2: I, you know, yeah, Quiet's definitely like probably one of the worst Metal Gear characters that I've ever seen, mm. but I think that with the dialogue, I think it was just a change in his style. You know, I think, I think it's just writing style and directing style, because it's more about the facial expression and the, and the the, conveyance through face and by few mm. words. You know. Yeah. And I think that's just a change in who he was, because if you, if you, uh, play. Um, what's it called? Ground Zeroes. It's like uh, It's like one of the old Metal Gear games, you know, you got that long and like kind of dialogue explaining what's happening And you have the gameplay and the boss talking and he was actually talking there was dialogue between the characters and it pretty well It wasn't like swishing back and forth, you know, and it kind of like well did dialogue between the characters with you know Like that because it's really difficult to write dialogue from a single shot, but he did it very well in Ground Zeroes Mm, you know, with voiceovers yeah, and then conversations like face to face, you know? And then in five, it's just like big boss doesn't talk anymore. He just says,
1: Goss. Yeah, like
2: I'm just in, like in, in
1: particular, like the scene where he has to infiltrate the, the sick bay where mm-hmm. he, uh, where the, the virus broke out. And oh, yeah. you have like, uh, because it's like the one shot, it's like Miller says, like, oh, you have to get in there and rescue all the dudes. And, um, then there is like a whole 30 seconds where you just follow Big Boss putting on his gas, gas mask and um, like going into the airlock and all that. And it's, it's no joke, like 30 seconds. And then he says like, yeah, <laughs> or something like that. So there, there are really strange pauses in, in the dialogue because of the new one-shot format.
2: Well, no, and, no, it's not uh, the one-shot format. It's just more of how he writes now. The way he writes is he doesn't, he didn't want uh, Big Boss to have long cutscenes, you know, he wanted to have, to convey it through the face, convey it through the short dialogue, mm.
0: you
2: know, and that's what he's kind of going for with Death Stranding, it's not a lot of dialogue, it's more about the shots and the cinematography, which I can respect, I, I love good cinematography, and I, yeah. and I think that we won't get any more long, like, 40 minute cutscenes of characters just saying exposition anymore I think it's more about the emotion behind things and the feelings behind it rather than the actual information Do you think think he can help himself? Yeah, I think he can help himself by creating better dialogue and, you know, mm -hmm. we don't need I mean, there
1: will be uh, surely there will be like uh, some kind of collectible audio logs or something where he can just dump exposition Yeah, (laughs) I, I don't think he can help himself with that like, yeah. there will be, like, I what agree. is Timefall? And uh, yeah. then you get, like, the audio log of the researcher that uh, he, he knows exactly what Timefall is and ex- explains it yeah. to you in, like, but 10 minutes long That's no, getting uh, dangerous,
0: too, though. That's getting really dangerous to do in games because the last time I remember, that was super compelling. Um, you know, when you're reading, mm. uh, like, a book in a certain game or, for example, Bioshock. When yeah, you're playing through those games, you have all of those like recorded little audio logs, right? Right. And in the first one, they were really compelling. The second one, I didn't even bother. The th- in Infinite, I listened to some of them, but I didn't listen to all of them. I, I, I you start to get tired of them, mm-hmm. and it. I had to agree with Mitchell that it definitely has to do with the dialogue and how things are being written at this point, because um, depending on the perspective that you're playing it in. And also the kind of player that that is confronting the game. What better way to convey the story than with having like just showing it instead of telling it? If you want the details, you get the audio logs that you and I want. But to get the main story and to get really the the general feel is set by that cinematography and that Mm -hmm. sense of like urgency. That like in Fury Road, for example, they have it's quiet half the time. But they still have that looming sense of urgency in that freaking truck, you know, because yeah. you can feel that tension just by looking at their mm-hmm. faces. Mm-hmm. And he's and I agree with Mitch when he's saying that Like I think we're like you guys are both right in this whole thing, because not only does he want to include that dialogue like, on the side, but when he's focusing on these facial expressions, it's a huge difference when you're looking at Metal Gear Solid 5 and Metal Gear Solid 3, because Metal Gear Solid 3 is very dialogue-heavy. There's a lot going on. But with 5, he does try to use facial expressions a lot, but it's just... Not that it wasn't done well, it's just that it wasn't done enough.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because he didn't... You, you can't really see their faces a lot. And the faces that you do see are, like, quiets and causes and mm. ocelots. And Big Boss's face, you know, it's it. it's you know, you're behind it half the time. Yeah. So maybe
1: that's why he's going with uh, big actors this time because he really wants the nuances to come out. Oh yeah, maybe.
0: Yeah.
2: Well, I'm just, I feel like the dialogue and the, like, the, there were audio tapes in Peace Walker and stuff, you mm-hmm. know, like, mm-hmm. but I feel like a lot of the Peace Walker ones were kind of like, you know, silly little things like the Tojima's a God, the Macaroons and things like that, you know, it's just like yeah. silly little tapes. I feel like male girl solid five like to get the full story you have to listen to all the tapes and the background of what they did and just like was frustrating it felt I felt rushed and sloppy you know if you want me to understand like if I didn't listen to those tapes I wouldn't even know who uh, I still don't even know who uh, what's his name is skull Skullface is. I don't even know who he is. Yeah, nobody does. Yeah. He, was just so a he was just some guy. guy who a Bulgarian guy? Why played... does
0: he hate Big Boss? He was just it doesn't part make of... any sense. Yeah, he was just part of the cleanup crew after Big Boss's messes. So
2: why does he hate Big Boss then? It doesn't make any sense. I don't yeah. like... It's like no motivation. <laughs> he's just like... A... I feel like he was like... Like, villain is this, does this, then dies. Yeah. And like, that's how he wrote the character.
0: And that death was freaking And then delaying. he didn't
2: finish writing it out. Like, what, what, what's his motivation besides... He doesn't like Big Boss. Like, yeah, he well, didn't have any character. about his language. No, it's and... about like, language, but like that's not like that's not compelling. Like, why would he try to kill Big Boss then?
0: Yeah, like it's a cool It'll, idea, but like... it's just it was not. It it, it again. It, it, I think it has to do with the time that he was uh, allotted. Yeah, mm. I feel like if if you know the the if he gave him like more of a,
2: a kind of story where he's like. Uh, you know maybe. You know Big Boss represents something that he hates, or Big Boss is representing you know, and his ideologies are conflicting, you know. Yeah, maybe that's why he feels like Big Boss is a threat, and maybe yeah. that's why it was just we don't revenge
0: inception. That. It was revenge inception, <laughs> that's really what it was. They
2: wanted revenge for nothing, and then Big Boss wanted revenge. And I was like, it didn't make any sense, and it's yeah. really poorly written. Same thing with Quiet and Cause. I feel like all the characters are mm. just terribly written in Melodrome yeah. 5. And, which is can start difference from Ground Zeroes, which yeah. had amazing writing and characters. So I don't even know what happens. Like, doesn't make any sense. It's like, okay, this year we get really good game, and this next year we get a longer game, but not well written. Yeah, and I agree that, I that the
0: Ground Zeroes is way better too because he does that well. He shows you exactly what he needs to show you, and you see their facial expressions exactly the way you need to see them. And if you want the details of how they got there, you listen to the tapes, right? Because you, and we get told most of it yeah, beforehand. Yeah, you, know? you figure it out because when he talks to Chico and he's like, Where's Paz? and like, Oh, they've got her. And you get a little bit of inf- information, but just enough where you know what happened, but you just don't know the details. So then you seek those but details. I feel like Zeros was uh, always supposed to be
1: part of the whole package. Oh, like yeah. uh, Konami just, just spun it out uh, and sold it as a separate product to recoup some money. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it was always supposed to be like the tanker chapter of Metal Gear Solid 5. Yeah, which makes sense. Oh. Um, but I feel but, like... Yeah, it's obvious that they finished the Ground Zeroes first, obviously, because it came out earlier. And uh, then uh, all the production troubles with uh, yeah, like Kojima Productions and Konami and all that, that only affected uh, Metal Gear Solid 5. So it, mm-hmm. it kind of makes sense that uh, Ground Zeroes is the more polished product of the two. Yeah, I you know. think yeah.
2: I think I think actually I might change my I'm, I, I might change my answer. I think Ground Zeroes <laughs> is my favorite Metal Gear. Oh. <laughs> uh, four is great, you know, but it's, I feel like five huh. is like the perfect balance between classic mm-hmm. Metal Gear and the new style, and I think it works perfectly. I and then he's, agree yeah. with you too. I feel like I feel like if they did it kind of like they if he wrote it kind of like you know he asking him to, to this facility and find her, but oh no it's kind of like a maze of a facility it's a big facility with big open areas you know Mm -hmm. and then he has to find her and along the way it's like a new cobra unit or a new fox unit is being made there with the testing soldiers you know the the prefix using parasites to create these new super soldiers you know and that's the prefix (laughs) to uh, nanomachines which would lead perfectly into there you know and then you go into this facility fight all these bosses and then escape and then you know you kind of and who Skullface is and why he motive- why his motivations are a certain way.
0: You know what's strange about so Ground Zeroes, like though? Like that. Now that I think about it. Mm. In Ground Zeroes, I was legitimately scared while trying to infiltrate that base. In Phantom Pain, you don't feel that fear at all.
1: Yeah, I think because mm. you have no place to run mm. in Ground Zeroes. That's true. Because the map is so small, and it's all the base, so you, you always feel like you... Yeah. You're already in the thick of it and in, in Afghanistan and all that, uh, if you got spotted, you could always just uh, jump into a Jeep and drive away and nobody would care. Yeah. And, uh, it's, uh, I think that's the, that's the reason too, because uh, the, um, like the small map size, there's uh, something to be said about like a, a small contained map size that you can really like put all the love in and all the details and, um, I hope that he's he's going in a similar way for uh, the stranding so that yeah. uh, the world won't be as expensive as maybe Afghanistan uh, or Africa or I mean Africa was already sl- uh, smaller so uh, that's uh, mm. there 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 needs to be like uh, I think it would be great if it was like a smaller space but it was like filled out more
2: Yeah, I have and a question. What do you guys think the world's going to be like? Do you think it's going to be like a, mm. like I fear a yeah, I big, fear for big, a big big huge map like like a big huge map with multiple areas and like different kind of things, you know like most open world games. Or do you think it's gonna be more along the destiny, kind of approach of like, five different smaller worlds. You know that kind of amount to one big world. You know like maybe mm-hmm. you have, maybe there's a world where it's like Normandy, France. You know, or maybe one world that kind of like the future on like whatever. And then maybe like one's on, like, an island or yeah. whatever, you know, like, kind of, like different kinds yeah. of settings. And like, kind I kind of really look smaller, like but, like, kind of, I really, because I've been playing a lot of Metroid and Castlevania recently. I've really gotten to Metroidvania games recently. And I kind mm. of hope the game is kind of like that, you know? Yeah. As you yeah. understand the world better, they start getting bigger and unlocking more and you start understanding yeah. it, you know? Yeah, I'm that's what the smaller I, worlds, I agree with you on that I like, totally agree
0: I, I'm I'm imagining that he'll pull sort of what he did in Metal Gear Solid 4 where you different you visit different areas but they're relatively big areas for mm-hmm. their own purposes you know because at one point you're in Paris and another yeah. point you're in Africa and you're doing all of these different things in different areas and they're big enough where you can explore and have fun in there in, within those respective realms yeah I'd like to see mm-hmm. that would that be, would be perfect. perfect yeah I hope it's that. Yeah. So basically like a bunch mm-hmm. of
2: different Ground Zeroes yeah, maps. that would you know? be freaking sweet. Yeah, exactly. But like kind of like a little bit bigger than Ground Zeroes, maybe like twice the size or maybe four times the size because like mm-hmm. the map of Afghanistan was like to- like 20 to 30 times the size. And the thing is, is it's too empty. Yeah. There's nothing 20, you to do in there. Exactly. Yeah. And I feel like if they do like maybe two to four times the size of the Ground Zeroes map of Camp Omega and just like filled mm-hmm. it with tons of stuff and do like 10 of those, like different settings and stuff, and you kind of, like, understand how they work and, like, unlock new things. Like, kind of, like, the old Zelda games, you know? Like, Ocarina of Time, like, it start getting bigger and bigger as you went along. Or a Metroid game, where you start in a small area. And you have, like, these different little areas. But then they start expanding as you learn new powers. And this map just becomes sprawling and huge. I feel like okay. if they just something kind of like that. Or, like, kind of like Bloodborne, how it kind of, like, opens up. It's not the biggest game, you know? No. in these Dark Souls. They're not, like, massive open-world games, but they're... You know, you yeah. maybe find a shortcut, well, and then maybe it helps you a very, find a new area.
0: Are, uh, the Souls games are very tight, well thought out worlds, and I think Kojima's finally has the ability to do that uh, with Death Stranding. But I, I hope so too, because so. if it's one giant, massive open world, I don't know how how happy I'll be with that because of the formula. You know, it, you have Red Dead Redemption, you have Grand Theft Auto, you have in this in Spider Man. You know that you have all of these things. That you have to take into account when creating an open world game. And the thing about uh, Metal Gear Solid Five is that you had tanks, you had cars, you had horseback. And that was fine. But because there was so little happening, none of that stuff was fun. Mm-hmm. You know? Because with Grand Theft Auto, yeah. yeah, you're driving a car, but you're running through traffic lights. You're hitting people and the cops are chasing you. It's constantly, you're getting, you're getting feedback uh, from the world, right? The world's alive.
2: The world's alive. I think the problem with Metal Gear Solid 5 is that basically every mission was basically its own little small world, you know? You can choose where to land and then you infiltrate the mission again and then you never go to that zone again, you know? If he just did it mission-based where you could just choose your location where you drop and had no open world and just had mission-based and you just choose where you drop. Yeah, like Peace Walker. The game would be no different. Mm. You no, know, there was no need for it to be open world, yeah. and maybe yeah, they could have done something like Peace Walker, or, or like, you know. I think that's why Ground Zeroes was so much fun yeah. to play with, because it was so tightly created, like the like the Dark Souls or Bloodborne games. They're so yeah, you tightly really made. Got a
1: sense of mastery or, yeah. about
2: the map. Yeah, and I think that with Ground Zeroes, like that was perfect. You know, you would go in the car, or try to, like, you could infiltrate and leave. All the time and like figure out different ways to do stuff you know maybe call a helicopter here maybe there and it was small and fun to play around with and i've played it like 30 times already i love that game and i feel Mm -hmm. like if they did something like that with it just a small like pretty like a few small open world areas and not like massively open world places like afghanistan and uh africa i feel like i could have been i can the the training would be a lot better but if it's a large open world map this isn't a big deal as long as they fill it with something to do. As long as they don't it, fill it, it with icons. It seems pretty
1: hard to fill up, uh, actually. Like the, at least the environment we saw in uh, Trader 3*, with the mm-hmm. it's basically a mm-hmm. barren wasteland. Uh, Which is no, Afghanistan. Not even vegetation, and it's just big craters. And, um, I'm not sure if if there's really a lot to to fill out there, and so. I really, I really like your uh, idea with the smaller, multiple open worlds. And basically, uh, Metal Gear Solid 5 had a similar structure anyway, like with Camp Omega, Afghanistan, and uh, Africa. It's mm-hmm. only that uh, Africa and Afghanistan were too big, and they should mm-hmm. have been scaled
2: down, and then there should have been more settings. So yeah, more yeah. things to do. Because yeah. I feel like if it's just like, Make it open world if it makes sense to be open world.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was really, um, my, my eyebrows perked up when he said that Death Stranding would be open world with vehicles because yeah. the trailers make it look yeah. so narrative-driven and yeah. so, like, yeah, basically a yeah. movie. <laughs> Which I don't, I think that that it work. Yeah, but- the, the small open world concept, Mitchell's small open world TM, Seems like the way to go. I hope Kojima listens to the podcast. Which
2: there are games that do it, but like not well. Like there's Destiny that did it, but Destiny's a huge mess of a game that didn't work out at all. But I feel like with this project, I feel like he has the opportunity to do it very well. You know, because I don't understand how the beach, the first trailer, and how the, the, you know, mountain in the big ditch, uh, the crater area matches up with the, with the Normandy bridges mm. and skeletons. Like, I don't understand how these worlds connect. Yeah. You know? And I, like, the only thing that can, like, I can probably formulate in my brain right now is that they're not in the same area. They're in different areas. Yeah. They're are different maps. Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe well, that's I just got me. got
1: dimensionally squashed together or something. <laughs> Oh, that's I don't know, thing, I it? recently played uh, Obduction, the uh, Cyan uh, game mm-hmm. from What's Makers called? of Mist. Uh, Obduction. And it's it's like the uh, the new game from the Makers of Mist and they had like this interesting concept where it's basically it's uh, spheres, uh, like, I don't know, 200, 200 meter wide spheres or something um, of, of world, basically, and they all got squished together by some kind of interdimensional travel thing, so you you had a world that was composed of smaller chunks of a big world and it's it's really fascinating. They really did a good job with that. So you can like walk around in a desert and suddenly there's a house there, but the house is only half of the house because it was cut off by oh, the shit. dimension sphere. So you can go mm. into the backside because it's open there and then you see like, I don't know, a mine shaft, and you see a, a train station and all that and all blends together perfectly. Yeah, that's pretty cool. But uh, I don't think he will do like some dimension thing because he already has the time fall thing. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> enough is enough. Well, I um, think
2: uh, I think that it might be reasonable to say like kind of like maybe the worlds mashed together because of black hole. Mm. You know, maybe the maybe the maybe Earth went into a black hole and then everything got really condensed and that's the world yeah. or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, I have a question. Um, before we log off, because yeah. we're getting real close to the end. What do you guys think that we're, were when Death Stranding will be released? When you, what, what's your theory <laughs> of when it will be released? The million dollar question again.
0: Yeah. Uh, question.
2: Late twenty nineteen.
1: That's my
0: bet. I'm thinking spring twenty nineteen, but that's like the earliest. Yeah. I think I think Did spring you... twenty nineteen. Hmm.
2: Well. I have supporting evidence here on oh, why what, I what's, believe. Well, show that. your work. What's the okay. evidence? Yeah. Oh, I, I'll, put, I'll give you guys the link to the, to the image. There you go. There's my. There's the image of uh, oh. why I believe. So you're looking uh, at the track, track record. Okay. Have you seen
1: this? Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Didn't you of already uh, like lay that out one time?
2: I don't.
0: Maybe. maybe I honestly else. don't think that he would risk releasing this holiday 2018 cuz for all we know uh, I should I should I be spring
2: 2019 and I uh, I realized that afterwards but I think mm. spring 2019 like maybe March
0: or April 2019 I agree with that and, and the thing is we have I think Kojima's definitely going to keep in mind when this game releases as far as the uh com- competition goes because Spider-Man this year I doubt it's going to release this year not because of Spider-Man alone but also when is Last of Us 2 going to come out that is a huge contender Mm -hmm. Um, and they want to space out the games enough Mm -hmm. at least Sony does, they want to space the games out enough where people can not only purchase them but also prepare for the holiday season Mm -hmm. because Spider-Man alone is going to be a huge hit for the holidays every little kid and his dad is going to want to play Spider-Man in the holidays
1: and i I don't think it's even like a financial concern right now it's just the game has to be done first <laughs> I don't yeah, think he's even if too. he even if he wanted he wouldn't be in the position to yes yeah. but like
0: it. even even if the game went gold over the summer yeah. I don't think I think he would wait to release it till in 2019
2: mm. uh, just like how anthem got delayed oh, not because geez. of it, it's not done yeah. but because okay. it's, it's, they just want to release it at a better time, not like Anthem they did with Titanfall 2. Yeah, it's probably going to suck. I was like, oh, maybe yeah, I'm hyped for this. Like and then like, it's, after it's... you hear more and more stuff, it's like, okay, never mind. It's still it's still EA. Yeah, it's still, I, learned uh,
0: the hard way. I learned the hard way with Mass Effect Andromeda. I'm going to wait.
2: Well, well, actually, EA actually doesn't have a lot of control. They don't have a lot of control over anyone. The but only it's... thing that they have for each person to do is make this amount of money, and that's it. And the mm-hmm. thing is is that was just made by a bunch of incompetent developers who don't know anything about yeah, but that's what I design. but but
0: that's what I mean is just like I'd rather wait wait for the reviews mm-hmm. and then kind of scope it out before getting it like cause, yeah. cause that's the thing about committing to a new i p you know you're taking that risk Yeah, the,
1: the tragic thing is that bioware as it is like the studio is is fucked either way like if if the game bombs they get closed, and if it's like the most successful thing ever, then they will be like the uh then they will make this game for the rest of their lives. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. we will never get a good spyware RPG ever again. Just no no matter what happens. <laughs> it's just, just Bioware is mm-hmm. done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, one way right. or the other. And that's oh, that's no, kind of tragic. Like
2: back onto death stranding, I think Kojima is very uh, a certain way with it, you know. And he says he I don't know how true the whole twenty nineteen before 2019 thing, I think he just said that as just a general rough kind of estimate. Yeah. -hmm. But I feel like most of the time he's... I don't know. I feel like 5 was the only game he delayed.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I feel um, like... I think that was just
2: delayed because of the the shake-up in uh, Konami. hmm. And he just not delaying it, but basically they gave him a new deadline, and then he had to delay it from that new deadline. But I think uh, when he... Did, did he delay it at all? Like publicly delay the game? Yeah, that was sort like of a, yeah. There was it was like a news to... thing, I remember. Yeah, and it was supposed really to
0: come well. out in in March of like what twenty fifteen or something like that. But then it didn't. Yeah. So there, there was a technical delay. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think Kojima yeah. can can talk with pretty uh, big confidence about uh, the re- release date of uh, his game because he is. Uh, he has uh, ultimate control over it. He yeah, he can say he one when team. it's done. He knows uh, his team. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And he he can like uh, uh, say what has to be done, and he can say when it's done. So uh, he can pretty mm. much uh, say with confidence when it will come out, because yeah, he can just look at it and say it's ready or not. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he's, he's obviously a good planner really good because that. he's always like the producer too.
2: Yeah. So yeah, the script's already written, and the, the story script, and you know. Yeah. Do you think that uh, with this newest uh, stuff, his newest, re- I think this should be like kind of like the last little topic we can go. Do you think that the the what they're recording right now, in uh. Uh, in LA right now. Yeah, Mats Smith is
1: in LA right now. Did you see mm, that?
2: Yeah, with uh Kojima. Uh,
1: exactly. Yeah, that's uh, like uh, Twitter. Do is, you think that? Uh, it's on yeah.
2: fire again. <laughs> do you think that this what they're filming right now will be the next trailer?
1: Mm,
2: I th- or do you feel like it's just a general cutscene? Because when we saw planning for the newest trailer, mm. that happened like back in March of yeah. the year I would before. hope that like- he
1: is actually like in full production for the game, and then the next trailer would uh, will be like a cut of uh, cutscenes from the game itself. It's not. Uh, I feel like the the la- last three trailers were like specifically made as trailers and later retrofitted into the game and so i I would I would think that uh, right now he's in full production for the game itself so yeah what I agree we with see Philip. here is uh, is actual actual things uh, the the most interesting thing I want to uh, like just to uh, uh, yeah I want to talk about sorry um, is the, the one picture of Mats Mikkelsen in the mocap studio he has yeah. no suit on yet but uh, he is handling a gun and this gun the is revolver. a revolver so also uh, lot confirmed <laughs> no uh, I'm kidding but uh, yeah it's it's a pretty interesting shot for, for one he has no mocap on yet so I think they are rehearsing and in the back you can see the storyboards for the scene it's, it seems like pretty long and they, they even blurred it out. So, uh, it's, it's sensitive information. Um, yeah, but the, yeah, the most interesting thing I guess is that Matt's character will actually uh, hold a gun and, um, he's not, um, because in the trailers for now, he was like this, this spectral being that could control skeletons and just make water appear with the gesture of his hand and all that. Um, so maybe he will make uh, uh he will have a, like a transition in in the game like maybe he is like a normal human at first uh shooting guns with sam or, or against him or something and then he will become like this goop monster yeah or god <laughs> or something yeah okay. and mm-hmm. there is uh wow. the baby is all also in the scene somewhere because kojima there's this picture of kojima doing his best lion king impression holding up the baby yeah. with his <laughs> hands
2: yeah you saw yeah see that me and my son in the chat <laughs> me and just trending news oh yeah i did see yeah that. yeah exactly yeah <laughs> yeah and uh,
1: honestly honestly i'm getting kind of tired of kojima's teases of of mocap i think he should be um uh, he should be courteous like other indie developers and like post just a little screenshot of like, i don't know like a script page or like a a little gif a, a of plant. a cool animation they made for their training or something like, it's or even always... something
0: batshit crazy. Like I would totally love, you know, to see Thomas the Tank Engine over Sam. You know, like some e- e- even something <laughs> stupid yeah. like that would be fun. Well... But...
2: <laughs> Goku writing Goku writing uh, Thomas the Tank Engine. Yeah.
0: You
2: know. <laughs> oh God. Something crazy like that. I feel like even just a screenshot of a plant. It's mm. like, working on some new textures, you know? Yeah. Or something like that, yeah, like that new that animations cool. and, like, a little, like, a little short little gif of a plant moving in the rain or whatever. Yeah, just like, text stuff Or like, cool. Like, that that's kind of stuff would be amazing to see, you know? Like it's, like, yeah. maybe, like, time fall on a plant and then just growing and dying, growing and
0: dying on Yeah, but if you guys think you about know, it, think if you really guys cool. think about it, if he was doing what we're asking right now, we wouldn't be talking about it as much. He he knows how to play on our frustrations and our cravings for Death Stranding news.
1: You can bet I can talk an hour about a growing and dying plant. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, and I feel like it's it's just like right now it's so dry right now, and like the thing is like it's like it's like (laughs) he's not dripping you know information into a pool. It's more like Mm. he's just like filling up a cup and like throwing it at us, and then just just like you know? Yeah. Just like throwing it in our face and it's like, okay, wait five more months to get more water and it's like leaves and they come back one day with a bucket and throws it on us. You know, I feel like if he just had, you know, mm. had a had a faucet on very low, you know, just kind of filled up the cup, you know, and then splashed mm-hmm. it on us.
0: You know, instead of just going like, Yeah, none of that ice bucket challenge shit. Yeah. But well, guys. But,
1: but at least it's nice to know that uh, that there's progress being made. Mats Mikkelsen yeah. is acting uh, in some scene or another. So, yeah.
2: Yeah. We'll wait and see. Well, yeah, I think that's a good way
0: to end yeah, the podcast. And anyways, you know. that's a really good place to sign off. So, I'll go ahead and start it. Uh, Death Stranding Podcast is part of the Interactive Artistry Podcast Network. Make sure to give us five star reviews on iTunes. Uh, reach us on Podbean. You can also look for us on Twitter.com slash Death Strand Pod, Instagram.com slash Death Stranding Podcast. We're also on Tumblr, Facebook, YouTube under Interactive Artistry. And as a closing note, I'd like to remind everyone that we're happy to take any feedback on this podcast because we want it to be the best it possibly can. And do you guys want to shout out any of your social media accounts or anything?
1: Mm. Yeah, you can find me at Kaffee Bonson on uh, Twitter and in the Reddit. And yeah, just, just hit me up, say hi. And uh, oh yeah, send us uh, voicemails if you want so we can play them on the podcast then. oh yeah that would be cool I really like that yeah
2: any opinion interaction is great uh, but if you want to know follow me on twitter at Marshall Virgil underscore um, I think we can just put in the description of all our handles and uh, that's where you can find me I talk about movies games thoughts about stuff like that so yeah that's where you can catch me uh, on there I'm thinking about maybe streaming on Twitch soon. so. Cool beans, man. Stay tuned for that. And what
0: cool about beans, you? Cool beans, man. Uh, you, can, you guys can find me, uh, Justice4Wardo, all one word, the number four, uh, on Twitter and Instagram. I don't, it's very bare bones. I don't post much. But when I do, it's usually about this podcast and other things. I'm always happy to have a conversation. And I try to, on Twitter especially. So... Uh, If you guys want to go the extra mile and support us on Patreon, by all means, you can start with a dollar a month, no pressure, of course, at patreon.com slash interactive artistry, also on patreon.podbean.com slash deathstranding. But that about does it for all of us dudes, and remember to tell your parents, siblings, lovers, pets (laughs) to look out for us each week, and take care everyone, and remember, the game has already begun.